Welcome to Gospel Centered Rest. It's good to be back and discussing the word and discussing life. It is good to be back. And to, uh, I don't know, I, I do miss it when we don't have these conversations just because I, I find them personally encouraging. Yeah. Um, I, I'm going to, I'll, I'll say it. I think I take the heat. I'll take the heat for not, for us not having no. podcasts because we've, uh, well, I, I traveled to Mongolia, yeah. but also we've just found the September, October, beginning mm-hmm. of November, really busy just yeah. trying to do some, uh, ministry changes behind the scenes. So, mm-hmm. well, we it, also, it's, it's kind of good to be back. It is. We um, also had a baby too. So well, I mean, there, there we go. it's not completely your fault. <laughs> But yeah, yeah, it is, it is, it is good to be back. I, I I find that the, as we've been, I think, I think I mentioned this is like episode 90 90. or 89 or something. Maybe we'll make it to a (laughs) hundred and uh, we'll have to do a special celebration, but it's been really good. What I've appreciated is just flushing out more of what we don't necessarily get to cover in the Sunday morning Mm -hmm. service. Yeah. And to just talk more deeply about certain issues, like as you go back and you look at our catalog of things we've talked about over the last few years. Um, yeah, it's just been a, it's just been a really good encouraging conversation. And that's the thing. We hope that this models conversation for out there. Yes. It doesn't just have to happen um, around a, pod, a podcast, yeah. but when you're with your friends. Yeah. Other people in the church. Exactly. Right? And there's so much in scripture, so much application, mm-hmm. so much wisdom, so many challenging passages. So just to be able to uh, flesh out, as you mentioned, some of the, the things we don't get to on a Sunday morning. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And one of the things we didn't get to on the Sunday morning. <laughs> point number two. <laughs> was point number two. Yeah. Um, you had said part of the way through the service, you know what, we're just going to park it on point number one. Did you want to explain that just, just a little bit? We're in Ruth chapter three Yeah, this past week. I, I have loved our sermon or the sermon series in, in Lamentations and Ruth mm-hmm. and just really different books, but what a journey of complexity and in war and despair and darkness. And then you have Ruth who begins with bitterness or well Naomi but the book of Ruth and then you have all this kindness mm. just the kindness of 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 God to Ruth and Naomi the kindness of Boaz to Ruth and Ruth to Boaz and the kindness of Ruth to Naomi and yeah uh, somewhat the kindness of Naomi to to Ruth but somehow you kind of get a sense in the book of Ruth that Naomi <laughs> I mean, Ruth's right there and she's call. she say, call me, call Like she's saying, call me bitter because yeah. the Lord has left me empty. And yeah, I know. You know, you can just imagine Ruth standing <laughs> yeah. there and thinking, oh, this is, this is rough. What about me? Yeah. I never, so, I never thought about that. Yeah. So there's, there's just a lot of kindness. So how refreshing. And then we're going into Christmas and now we have, now we're set up and, you know, in a lamentations mm. world of darkness, you have the kindness of Boaz and Ruth and leading to the, the even more extraordinary kindness of Christ in mm-hmm. our life. So yeah, Sunday, Sunday morning, we, we ran into a bit of a problem in terms of Ruth three, because in Deuteronomy, it says, don't pay attention to the Moabites, uh, Deuteronomy 24, 
it says uh, it says you got to care for widows and orphans and foreigners, mm-hmm. and then Deuteronomy twenty five, you have family redeemer. So the question becomes, why are Naomi and Boaz arranging a marriage with a Moabitess, mm-hmm. and is that not disobeying the law? So the question in the in the complexity of trying to understand and apply God's word is, do you not marry Ruaz? Boaz. Boaz. Do you not marry Boaz? Or um, do you do you marry her because mm. of Deuteronomy 24, 25? And we just talked about how difficult uh, it is at times to apply God's word, mm-hmm. to apply the law. Sometimes when we, you know, settle on certain laws, we can become so simplistic. Everything becomes, you know, right or wrong. And there's no, boy, this just takes a lot of, Holy Spirit wisdom and mm. the word wisdom to be able to to apply uh, God's word. So we saw in uh, Ruth 3 that um, God, or um, in, in some ways Ruth 3 uh, encourages us to err on the side of grace. Mm-hmm. That never diminishes holiness. It never diminishes the call to holiness. But sometimes in the complexity of life, there aren't easy answers. And uh, Ruth... Um, marries Boaz mm-hmm. because uh, God, uh, in His loving kindness, uh, gave um, gave His word uh, to to mm-hmm. pay special attention to the widows and the orphans and the foreigners, and opened up the kinsman, the family redeemer, to carry on the name of the family and carry on, or to to preserve the land for the family as well. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we, I, you know, we had a, we talked about that, but this yeah. is what we didn't get to is, yeah. and this is what I love about Ruth three is because Naomi and Boaz continue to pursue, uh, you know, the marriage in some ways, mm-hmm. uh, and plan the marriage. Well, especially, especially Naomi, but then in, uh, verses eight through 15, and I think especially in verse 11, we have the character of Ruth and Boaz the character of, of Ruth and Boaz. So, uh, interestingly, and, and so the connection for me Sunday morning between points one and two was to be, uh, to err on the side of kindness and err on the side of grace in the complexities of trying to follow the law. And then you have this amazing kindness and this amazing character of Ruth and Boaz, um, as they're, you know, as they're preparing for marriage. Now, the interesting thing is Ruth p- proposes Lays to, at Boaz's feet. to, to Boaz <laughs> and, and she's, you know, she's good. She, she comes, yeah. she, she lays down and covers the feet. Uh, and sa- he says, who are you? Would have been quite a surprise. I am Ruth, your servant. Take me under your wings for you are a family redeemer. So there's the proposal. Now, as we know in Ruth two, uh, Ruth or Boaz prayed that, um, Naomi would, uh, the Lord would reward Ruth, not Naomi, would reward Ruth, and that uh, Ruth would be found under the wings of the Lord who you will, who you will find mm-hmm. refuge. So this whole picture of being under the wings is to find this protection and to find this provision mm-hmm. from God. So what she's asking, what Boaz is hopefully, um, or praying for Ruth, now Ruth says, are you God's answer to prayer? Um, will you marry me? Will you be my protection? Will you be my mm-hmm. provider? And then says, you're my family redeemer. So the proposal is out there. 
and interesting. So this, you and I were talking a bit about this before mm-hmm. in the Hebrew Bible. Yeah. Hebrew. Now I hope this, this is a lot, uh, but I'm hopefully, hopefully I, I can, I can um, explain this so it makes sense. In the Hebrew Bible, Ruth is not placed after judges, mm-hmm. but is placed after uh, the book of Proverbs. So there is a sense, of, and, and Ruth has been placed in a few different places throughout history, but it, in other words, it's part of the wisdom literature as well. So it's not just a nice story, it's part of yeah. the wisdom literature. Interestingly, the, the last chapter of Proverbs 31 is, uh, in Proverbs 31, at the beginning of the description, is a wife of noble character. Yeah. So that's Proverbs 31.10, where it begins to talk about a wife as a noble character. And then the very final words in uh, Proverbs 31, 31 are, and let her works uh, praise her at the city gates. So mm. you have a wife of noble character, 31, 31, you have, and let her works praise her at the city gates. So the first and last verses of the description of the noble woman in Proverbs 31. Now, I, I think sometimes, boy, Proverbs, you read Proverbs 31, you think, man, that's an intimidating passage. Mm-hmm. Like, how can, you, <laughs> how can you be that? And so if we were to summarize, you know, maybe the bigger themes of Proverbs 31, it would be hardworking, capable of home duties, capable of trading goods, generous to the needy, trusted by the husband. Mm-hmm. So, so maybe those uh, five things summarize uh, the Proverbs 31 noble character. Um, noble woman. Now, sometimes when you hear that, you think, boy, that can, that can just be overwhelming. Who can be that? Mm -hmm. That can produce a lot of guilt. I'm not that. So like, is something wrong with me? It can produce all sorts of questions. And then we ask ourselves, wouldn't it be great if we had a living example? Like just someone who we can say, okay, you've, you've written in, in Proverbs 31 about this noble woman who like, give me a living example, give me an illustration of this. And that's where it's interesting because I think Ruth becomes this living example and not just this living example in, in, you know, the, the best circumstances, but in the complexities and the sufferings of life. So you have this living example of the Proverbs 31 woman in the complexities and sufferings of life. Mm -hmm. So that, that all leads to this. So in verse 10, Boaz says, um, may the Lord, uh, bless you, my daughter. You have shown more kindness now than before because you have not pursued younger men, whether rich or poor. So he just, again, it's just this theme of kindness that just runs through Ruth. Like even in Ruth one, there's that, you know, you get glimpses of, you know, God's kindness in, in Ruth one ten, you know, she heard about a, a good harvest, um, she comes back and it's the beginning of the harvest. So you have these glimpses of, of what harvest or of God's goodness and God's kindness. So again, we we're not surprised to read about kindness. Now here's, here's the very interesting verse, because remember in Proverbs 31, the first thing is a wife of noble character. The last verse is, and let her works praise her at the city gates. So, mm-hmm. In verse 11, now don't be afraid, my daughter, I will do for you whatever you say, since all the people in my town, or more, more are translated more literally, since all the gate of my people know that you are a woman of noble character. So um, Ruth is known at the gates of the city, the city gates, 
as this noble woman. Mm-hmm. Proverbs 31.10, Proverbs 31.31, talk about a noble character and let her works praise her at the city gates. So here we have Ruth being connected to the Proverbs 31 woman so that we're able to say Ruth is this living example of a Proverbs 31 and the complexities and harsh realities of life. Uh, and then you think, like, how can that be? She's a Moabite. She's a widow. Um, she's, she lives in poverty. She lives in shame. Uh, and, and you think, you know, a Proverbs 31 is, woman is someone who has it all together and, you know, goes to Bible studies and never gets tired and wakes up and does devotions, you know, while trading stocks and all of these types of things. <laughs> but here's, here's the living example. It's Ruth in the harsh realities of poverty, immigration, being an outsider, um, elements of shame. And we say, there's the example. Hmm. There's the real life example. And so, so what we learn is the Proverbs 31 woman is not someone who, you know, we have to be, or, you know, women have to be. It is the quiet providence of God, the silent hand of God that nurtures the Proverbs 31 woman um, to be the woman that she is called to be by God. And it's not yeah. in the ideal circumstances. It doesn't mean that everything's perfect. But what we, what we see is that it's, it's the Lord who blesses um, Ruth to be that woman. Mm, that's amazing. Yeah, I, I just think how... I mean, it's it's almost the exact opposite of a picture of a Proverbs 31 woman that, like, would we have chosen Ruth? Mm. Um, mm. You know, Probably maybe not. an Esther, because, yeah. you know, there, there there were some really good, although some really challenging she things there, Jewish. obviously, and she was Jewish. Yeah. So, but a Moabite widow who's an outsider, poverty, shame, all of these things, yeah. and, and that becomes the great example. I mean, there is a hairy history with the Moabites. That the Israelites have. Oh, yeah. We, I, I probably haven't paid enough attention to it in, in the preaching, but yeah, it, it wasn't good. No. It wasn't good. There was, a, there was a reason why the Lord said, like, don't, mm-hmm. to the 10th generation, don't, don't, don't let them in. Mm-hmm. So. But you almost see that connection, though, from your first point of the sermon to this point, mm-hmm. that, um, that, yes, they weren't to marry the Moabites, but you got to consider the bigger picture and the grace of the law we like the letter of the law. Mm -hmm. Like we look at Proverbs 31. We're like, uh, we turn that into a checklist. This is what we need. This is what we want. And then you get to just the character of Ruth, as you're talking about, that doesn't perfectly maybe fit our, our understanding of what that would look like. Mm -hmm. But yet she is that woman that God has provided. And as we're going to see in chapter four, yeah. Um, and into the Christmas story. That's right. <laughs> There's a bigger reason, a bigger plan of God going on. One of the one of the things we talked about as well was Ruth is an ordinary book with ordinary people. Mm-hmm. This wasn't in the great miracles of God. This was in this was with this quiet providence. So, Proverbs 31 woman is a is a you know a struggling. Mm-hmm. Feeling like an outsider, doesn't belong. Uh, you know, wrestling in the in the sufferings and disappointments of God, or of life, and may, maybe of God, and 
that's okay. It's mm-hmm. ordinary. It's, it's in the day to day that, um, the, that she just lives out really the, the character of God. Mm-hmm. The, the other thing that I was going to mention is what, what's interesting is I think it's very instructive for marriages. Mm. Uh, Ruth and Ruth, the book of Ruth celebrates marriage. And this is never to discount, you know, the, 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 the gift of singleness, as we read from Paul and Corinthians and in other places of scripture, but mm-hmm. there really is a, a celebration of marriage. And, and we know that our culture is, oh boy, it's just really confused about gender. Mm-hmm. It's confused about marriage. It's, you know, turned many things upside down. Um, and here's Ruth, and we also remember that it's in the time of Judges when, you know, civil war was breaking yeah. out and everybody did yeah. what was right in their own eyes. Which Things are pretty bleak. It was bleak. And, and here God's word celebrates marriage as a one-man, one-woman, yeah. lifelong commitment. Yeah. And culture battles against marriage it has for many years. So we're not living in strange times. We're just, mm-hmm. there, we're, there might be some unique things, but it's... It's all um, culture is always uh, or often yeah. wrestled against, um, and and yet it's in the strangest places in Scripture sometimes that we read yeah. this celebration of marriage. Yeah, and and interestingly, you have um, a husband who is uh, a, a man of noble character, mm-hmm. and in in one of the commentaries I read, it talked about four ways that um, a man like what that word means. For, for Boaz to be a man of noble character, military, financial, moral, and social. So military to protect, financial to provide, moral, mm. honorable, and social. Um, the husband sits at the gate. Which if you think about it, like you had mentioned, it's the time of the judges. And it's the, the time of the, the judges. The time of the judges would, was yeah. dark. You're like, where's the noble people? Yeah. And like, so you can live this life. And, yeah. and so, so what do you look for in a husband? Um, protection provision, honor, uh, a husband who sits at the gate. And then we could also add mm-hmm. spiritual because the very first words that we read from Boaz is, mm-hmm. um, the Lord be with you. And, and so there's that, that spiritual. Now I under, we could do a whole topic on spiritual leadership. So yeah. I talk about, sometimes I talk about spiritual leadership, but, um, I also being a spiritual leader, but you know, some, some people misunderstand that where, you know, you, you're a spiritual leader according to how someone tells you to be a spiritual leader. Mm-hmm. But there's all sorts of different ways men lead as, as or spiritually lead their family. So um, another word that I like to add to that is a spiritual gauge. Um, can you set the spiritual temperature of the relationship? So your wife may have certain gifts, you may have certain gifts, mm-hmm. and you're working together, but how do, how do we set the gauge or the temperature? Um, how do we, you know, and, and then, so, and then on top of this, you think husbands who encourage and love their wives. And, uh, you know, I had this question the other day, you know, how do you spiritually lead your family? And my, my beginning with all of that is Mm -hmm. because sometimes so much is laid on families and families are so busy and people say, well, you just, have to make the priority. And, and it's true at a certain level, but 
Sometimes it's just yeah. not it. There's yeah. that easy answer, and it's it's sometimes a very complex situation. It's, we're looking for that for those check boxes again. That check box. If, so. if I did family devotions, I was yeah. a good dad. Today. Well, that's funny because that's that's <laughs> the first thing I mentioned is right. what's what's your regular, what's in your regular rhythm of family life. Mm-hmm. Well, hopefully you sit down and have supper together. Mm-hmm. So, one of the one of the most natural places to begin to lead um, a family is not just with your character. And not just with, you know, providing provision, all of that morally, socially, spiritually, but um, it's to, to, to sit after a dinner table and just read God's word together mm-hmm. and then just pray together. And that's, that's a really good place to begin. And, and maybe for a while, that's, that's where it's at. Mm-hmm. Um, and, but we, you know, to never underestimate the value of just the reading of the word. We think, well, there's got to be, well, what's more powerful than the reading of the word, trying to, or trusting that the spirit applies it. And then you have um, a a short time of prayer, especially if the kids are really small, but you know, that's the the Lord, the Lord knows that. So, Mm -hmm. so husbands as a noble character, and then you read Ruth as a noble character and you know, her, her character of virtue um, compassion, uh, towards Naomi, towards others, um, honorable love towards her husband. Uh, so, so there's a beauty of biblical marriage in the day of judges, this biblical femininity, this biblical masculinity to compliment, serve, show compassion, um, to one another. And then because it's said in the book of Ruth, I think one of the final questions in, in marriages is just, are you kind? Like, yeah. I, I, yeah. If we walk away from Ruth and not uh, the book of Ruth and not ask, but that's what you see in, in Ruth and Boaz. They were just really, really mm-hmm. kind. And how do we, you know, you know, with gentleness and patience and bearing with one another in love and trusting um, that you're for the other person, how are we kind? And part of kindness, I think, is encouragement. Um, actually, so someone talked about kindnesses and how you would treat a kin, a mm. family. So you go the extra mile, you know, you bear things. Mm-hmm. So how in how in kindness do we serve and and faithfully love one another? Mm-hmm. And it's remarkable that in this we know Christ comes out of this marriage. He's a, oh boy, yeah. ultimate act of kindness. Yeah. But then consider again the darkness that takes place between here and when Christ comes and the challenges and the difficulties, um, the story is not done. Yeah. And that brings us to Ruth four, the genealogy that brings us to Isaiah nine and the character of Christ that Mm -hmm. brings us to Luke. Um, when, when we read about the birth of Christ, I mean, as, as kind as Ruth and Boaz were Mm -hmm. and, uh, um, Jesus kindness is, is, is a perfect kindness. Mm. Um, and as much as we think God may have abandoned us, the book of Ruth tells us that God's quietly working in the story of salvation, the story of redemption mm. to bring about his purposes for his glory, for his people. And, um, in Ruth, the next, you know, step in the redemptive story was David mm. and then Jesus. And now the next step for us is in the new creation so God's kindness and, and loving faithfulness will be with us to the new creation. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he will love us and, and he will continue to care for us. 
Now, in saying, I felt like I've done a lot of oh, talking no. quickly, okay. but this is why I didn't do the second point on Sunday. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm actually... Because it would have been like another well, 15, 20 minutes well, to, to explain some of this. Just, just as we had talked about before the episode, um, I, I think that first point needed just That's a sermon right. by itself. Yeah. And oh, and yeah, it could have been more, but yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, and so uh, even this too, like yeah. for us to just spend some time just focus but, and talk yeah. about this. And how good, good is it, right? Like to say that, you know, the noble woman, you know, the mm-hmm. Proverbs 31 woman, the living example is Ruth. Mm-hmm. We don't, we can be ordinary and that's Proverbs 31. It's not the extraordinary. Yeah. And then just the beauty of marriage and the value of character in mm-hmm. marriage. We, the world talks about so many other things, but not character. Mm-hmm. So how, you know, how are, you know, men... Um, men of character mm-hmm. uh, standing up and, and ultimately we, we haven't talked about this either, but in, in Ruth one and, or sorry, Ruth three, um, the very first verse and the very last verse have the word rest in it. Mm-hmm. So, you know, Ruth asked um, Boaz, like, you know, be the wing of God's protection, be the wing of God's provision. Mm-hmm. So our men, men of character where they they're they're a refuge for their wife Mm -hmm. they're a refuge they they pray for that their family is a place of refuge um and then Mm -hmm. uh ruth seeking to serve and to love and and encourage and uh follow um boaz um so just being a a woman of character um, in this very very kind relationship Mm -hmm. especially you mentioned the the culture that we live in and how they look at what the Bible teaches about men and women and thinks it, think it's so oppressive. We get nothing but grace and kindness in their relationship to one another here and in their marriage. It is just beautiful. It it is, uh, you know, if you, if, if you're lacking kindness and you're saying like, Lord, help me Mm -hmm. to be kind. Ruth and Boaz is a book to just enjoy Mm-hmm. Um, kindness in a, in a very harsh world mm-hmm. and, and in some harsh relationships. So mm-hmm. yeah, it's, it's uh, the kindness of God in marriage is, is a unique gift. Mm-hmm. Amen. Thank you for the conversation, David. Thanks, Tyler. Who knew all of this was in the book of Ruth? <laughs> <laughs> I really do think though, going through this has really set, set us up well for Christmas oh, to bring us yeah. to that story of Christmas. Come come out and listen to the story of the kindness of Jesus. Amen. Amen.